This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I am so grateful you are joining us today. Pretty pumped about this episode with my friend, Michelle Gonzalez, today. All right, so Michelle is incredible. She was episode 16 on this podcast back in 2016, and I've been friends with her for a very long time. Some of you who have been around for a while might remember her as NYC Running Mama. She had a huge following on Instagram and with her blog, NYC Running Mama, back in the day. And a couple years ago, she decided she just needed to walk away for a little bit. And she's going to tell you why in this episode. But to give you a little background on Michelle, she is a West Point grad. She spent six years active duty in the Army. She's a 307 marathoner. She's an Ironman, and she's the mom of three. She also works at Goldman Sachs in New York City and has a pretty badass job now. And in this episode, we talk about her transition from being a stay-at-home mom, training very, very intensely, doing the social media thing, to what she is doing now and how life has changed and what it looks like. And I think it's just really fun to catch up with an old friend. And I know that a lot of people have wondered, what happened to Michelle? Most of the time, if I post anything about her or with her on my own social media, I get several messages saying, oh my gosh, I've wondered about Michelle. So I'm really excited to give you all an update. Uh, She's an incredible woman, an incredible, incredible friend. I'm just really proud and excited to have her back on the show and and catch you all up with what she's been up to. Uh, All right. This episode of the podcast is supported by Lagoon. Listen, this is the most incredible pillow you will ever lay your head on. You got to try it out. You take a two minute sleep quiz. There is nothing more important than your recovery and your sleep when you're training for marathons or just like when you're living life. (laughs) Sleep is so important. And I love that these pillows are matched specifically for you. You take a quiz and it's matched for if you sleep hot, if you sleep on your side, on your back, on your belly. Um, But also they send you the filling for the pillow. So you can fill it up as much as you want or as little as you want. I tend to fill mine up a little bit more. And I just love that you can make it so that it is is the perfect pillow for you. Go to lagoonsleep.com slash Lindsay and use the code Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y for 15% off your first order. Check it out. Let me know what you think. And if you do love this podcast, would you leave us a quick rating and review on iTunes? That is a huge way potential new listeners can find us. All right. Please enjoy my conversation with my good friend, Michelle Gonzalez. All right, friends. I feel like everybody's going to be so excited about this. Um, Today, back on the podcast for the first time in so long. My very good friend, Michelle Gonzalez. Hi, Michelle. Hi, everyone. Hi, Lindsay. Thanks for having me back. I can't believe you're here. Same. I never <laughs> thought that I, I would be on another another podcast, yet here I am. Another running podcast specifically? I think so, yeah. 
Um, I think the first question we have to start with is, um, where have you been? <laughs> I've been here um, just kind of laying low, I think, from social media a bit. But I think I'm still kind of like moving in the same direction, still doing similar stuff that I was doing, just maybe not as publicly put out there for everyone to see. Yeah. So for those listening, if you're new here, you maybe like weren't in the era of Michelle Gonzalez and her 90,000 Instagram followers. Uh, But, you know, this is interesting because like the world of social media and podcasting and just like the running culture in general has changed so much since Mm -hmm. you and I Mm -hmm. started out back in what, like 2010? Yeah, I started... I started 2011, um, but like really like Instagram 2012. But like I was thinking about this the other day. I think I joined Instagram at like a really good point at at that time. Like there wasn't a lot of people on. There was a lot of opportunity to like organically grow your, your like uh, followers without doing a lot. And I feel like, I feel like it's different now. Um, and like, we can get into it, but that was like another, like part of the reason why too, I just felt like it was time for me to step away. It just wasn't, it didn't feel as easy to do what I wanted to do. I felt like I had to, and I I don't want to like jump into it now. I don't know if now's the right time, but yeah, I think when, when I started, it was just easier you just popped up a picture like through a quick little blurb and that was that and there was more I feel like there was more with with brands more opportunities of like just growing your your base so I don't know I think it's tougher now I totally agree like I I just want to go back to the times where we just like put a picture up that's like not some super organized beautiful colors perfect and just write how we feel and like literally just write how our day went or how our training was. And, you know, now it's like this world of reels and it's almost like, you know, some of these accounts, it's like, these are like massively produced. Yeah. It feels like, like, like micro blogging just, you know, on Instagram as opposed to the blog. And I had stopped blogging, but kept up Instagram and then just felt like it was time for me to just take a pause um, from it all. And you really paused it. I mean, that was like COVID, right? Like, I mean, or was it even before that? Yeah. No, I mean, there were some breaks before COVID for sure. um, Where I just felt like I needed some space for whatever reason. And like, didn't feel like I had a lot to share in that moment. And so I was like, I'll just take a break. And like a few days became a week, became a few weeks. And then it was like, always super awkward to like re-engage again. It was like, how do you just like, hi, I've been missing for a month. (laughs) Um, but yeah, during COVID and like, there were extenuating circumstances too. I know, you know, some of some, you know, there was some personal health, not personal, personal family health issues. Um, and I just felt like I didn't have the energy to like juggle all the balls. And so I was willing to like put that ball down and I didn't, I didn't know if it would be permanent. I thought maybe temporary and I'd come back to it, but I realized I didn't miss it. And so that was the sign to me that it was probably, like a chapter that was closing in my life. Wow. I remember, um, and, and we have to like share your story a little bit for listeners who might be new to the show and and new to, to you. Um, but I remember 
when you got your job, like, you know, cause you had been stay at home, mommy, yeah. blogging, yeah. Instagramming, mm-hmm. which was heavy work. I mean, the blogging and the Instagramming, like it, it was a job too. Um, but I remember when you were like, no, I'm like legit going back to work, like commuting into the city. And I was thinking, oh, life's about to change a yeah. lot for you. Yeah. And how many years ago was that? Um, seven and a half years. It's yeah. It's been that long. Yeah. yeah. So this is before your third Eddie was born. Yeah. Yeah. I went back right when, um, and for those that don't know, I have three boys. I had two very close in age. Um, they're now 12 and 10. And so when my, my middle son, who at the time was my youngest, when he was, uh, when he went back to school full time, pre-K three, that's when I went back to work. And like, there were a number of reasons why I always knew I wanted to go back to work financially. It was kind of like, I kind of had to, and yeah, went back and, you know, it, it changed like life changed quick for me. So that's, that's really when I stopped like blogging, I still did Instagram for, you know, a number of years. And like, I actually was able to like manage it, I think, well, for a few years. And then it just, it just became too much. I think with Eddie, uh, my youngest, like just the two kids becoming three. And then the two older ones, as I know, you know, like there are activities and social life, like it just became just too many puzzle pieces to, to move together. So. Yeah. Because one thing about Instagram is when you have as many followers as you had, is that account even, is it deactivated? It got, um, uh, someone had like hacked it and then I like got it back for like a day or two and then it just disappeared. So I don't know. I haven't tried to like chase it down. There's a part of me that wants to, because there's so much memories and like feelings and moments that I shared on there. And the other part of me is like, like, do I want, I have photos, like, isn't that enough? So like, I, you know, but it's at the moment it's, it's gone. There's there's no count. Yeah. Well, because one (laughs) thing I was going to say about that is like, um, if you really want to like connect with who is following you on there, like there's a lot of communication going on. Like there's a lot of people contacting you and you want to respond because you feel like you've built this community. So like that in itself, it, it actually, it's time consuming. It is. And it was giving me anxiety. I was getting anxiety because I felt like I didn't want to just post and walk away, but yeah. I starting to go down that route because I didn't have just the time to respond. And I felt crappy about that. Like I just, and it would give me anxiety that I would see the number of like DMs, like growing and like that I wasn't responding to people. And I just, I felt like that's not the place I wanted to hold on social media of like putting out, but not like that interaction. Like I didn't want it to just be people responding to me without me giving back. And it was, it was causing me a lot of like stress and anxiety. And at one point Paul was like, my husband was like, like, why, why, you know, why it's giving you more stress than it's worth. Like you just need to like back off. All right. So let's give, I I mean, I guess the listeners who don't know you can go back and listen to episodes with you before. However, the first time I interviewed you, I actually don't even know if that's available to listen to anymore, because I think when you get to a certain number of podcasts, it like, I think iTunes only keeps like 300. 
I was one of your first. I was yeah, one of you way early. Oh, geez. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I didn't know what I was doing and blah, blah, blah. And we were friends. So it was probably way casual. But um, Michelle is very humble, but she is also very much a badass. She's a West Point grad. She's a veteran. She has served our country overseas. Um, she also has done an Iron Man, a full Iron Man. And uh, look at you. You can't even handle it. You're so humble. No, it, because I, I, part of me is always like, it, it feels like a different, both of those are like different chapters that are like so far f- removed from what I feel like I can, like, is who I am today. So like, you know, I like am happy with like a seven mile run, not, you know, focusing on what needed to be done for the Ironman. So, yeah. And, and serving our country. <laughs> when I look at you and Paul, you you all have to know, like Michelle, when you hear Michelle talk, like she is truly who she is. Like when you meet her in person and hang out with her, like she's the most fun. And you you're a little bit quiet, but when you really get to know you, like in person, <laughs> you're hilarious and not not so shy. Like my mom. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm obsessed with your mom. Your mom is hilarious yeah 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 no I think you know having like she has four like I have three sisters there's four of us so I think she just naturally was always a big personality um but when I look at you and Paul because Paul also West Point grad I'm like I cannot believe some of the things you have done in your life like you guys have experienced so much and seen so much. And like you said, you're so far removed from that right now with your everyday life. Does it feel real though? In some aspects it doesn't because I feel like maybe like the older we get, the more cautious I get with doing things that like is out of my comfort zone or like is slightly risky or very risky, whatever you want to like bucket that into. So I feel like, yeah, like a part of me is like, I I don't like it's hard for me to remember being in those moments because I mean especially the military aspect was 20 20 years ago um some part so it's you know it's, it is it's like a different lifetime wow do you ever think back to the iron man i mean your boys were so young when you do, did that and and i'm saying this coming from a place where i look back at running marathons four months postpartum after my first and things like that. And thinking like, was I being reckless? Like in two ways on my body, but also like sharing this story that like, it's totally normal that I'm running a marathon four months postpartum. I know. I, I, I think I had talked about the postpartum piece because same, I mean, after my oldest, it was like a week and I was like going for a run and like, felt fine, you know, and so it's like, yeah, I know everyone recovers differently. I certainly hope that I didn't like push females into maybe doing more than they physically were ready to do. Um, and I think I got more like cautious with each. I mean, with Eddie, I I think I waited about five weeks, like slightly before my six week, cause I had felt fine. Um, and was like, I don't like need to wait till the exact six weeks. But yeah, with the Iron Man, I, that, I mean, Ryan, my middle son at the time was, I think, 10 months old when I did it. I mean, it, I know it's like, 
I will say I had viewed that time period as like my one window that I would have. I knew I need, I was planning to go back to work and I knew that I was, I was a stay at home mom. So I didn't feel as guilty with like being gone for five or six hours on a Saturday morning. Cause I was with them. I mean, all the time. So I, they weren't in school. I was with them basically 24 seven. And so I didn't have that mom guilt as much on the weekend because they were mine mostly during the week. Um, obviously now, like would never even for, for the, my, like obviously time wise, but time with my kids is the primary reason. I, like, it's just, it's not going to happen until like they are out of the house. If I ever do one again, I just can't, you know, the spare moments I have with them, I don't want to then spend on, you know, an activity that I could wait 15 years on. So well, and yeah, and there's two ways to look at it too. Like, and I, and I wasn't, I don't, I hope you didn't think I was saying like, no, look what you were showing yeah. these other women, because I think back to what I was doing and people, I hope I didn't make people feel like that too. And the older I got and the more babies I had, I just didn't move as quickly as yeah. soon and all the things. Cause oh, isn't, isn't that the truth? I mean, I say that all the time. Like I'm so much more tired chasing after Eddie than I was with AJ. Yeah. Like, hello, yeah. cause I'm eight years older. And like, that does make a huge difference, you know? So the recovery is, I, I think too, like the postpartum running, there was like, it was like a pendulum. Like there was so long. It was like, absolutely not no running while pregnant, no running, you know, for months after. And then it was like, you, there was this like group of women that, you know, in a very good way, like started to push back on that. And like, I remember Carrie Goucher was pregnant at the same time as me and she was running. And I would always use her as the example of like, well, you know, she's a professional runner watched by doctors. She's running while pregnant. Like, well, if it's, if she could do it and I feel okay, then I will too. So I think like there was this like push and excitement of like females feeling like we could do things while pregnant and after pregnancy. And then, but now I feel like, you know, it's come back slightly of like, maybe that was too soon. Maybe you like need to wait a bit to let your body recover from, you know, from what it just went through. So, you know, you're totally right. There is a pendulum there and it is, it is swinging back a little bit, not to say that people are saying don't exercise when you're pregnant or postpartum, but there's that, I mean, I feel like people are saying now, like, wait, 12 weeks before I know. I you run. And I'm like, I don't, think I personally would do that, but yeah, it swings. And, but I also think the other way to look at it is this like, you felt good. Mm -hmm. You knew for your life, like you just said that you had that window. You knew you wanted to go back to work. You're with your kids all the time. You had the energy for it. You did it. Go you like, that's awesome. Yeah. I like, I, and I remember I would, if I needed a nap, they would both nap at the same time and I would nap with them. So like I made it work. Um, I don't like can't fathom doing anything of that. magnitude. Oh like, no, I recently interviewed Lucy Bartholomew, who is diving into triathlon now. She's an mm -hmm. ultra runner. And when I was prepping for her interview, I started to get the itch and I was like, do I want to do a full iron man? But man, it's so much. It's a, huge, it's a huge time commitment because the, just because of the time on the bike, I mean, running is what we're used to. So like that time commitment is fine, but the, the bike, you have to put in those five, six hour rides. And it's just, I mean, that's like a better part of a morning, you know, on the weekend. A quick break. 
to let you know about Prevenex. This is where I get all of my vitamins and supplements, and they are clinically effective, proven to help with longevity, performance, and everyday health. They have a wonderful protein powder. They're Nurify Plus, chocolate and vanilla. We use it every day in my house. I use it. My kids use it. We make smoothies with it. It is delicious, and it is packed with nutrients. I take their multivitamins and their Joint Health Plus supplement every day. If you have achy joints and you're looking to protect your joints, go check it out. They have a money-back guarantee. If you do not see a difference in 90 days, you will get your money back. They believe in their products. I believe in their products. They also have vitamins for your kids that my kids take. And they have a give-back model. So they donate a bottle of children's vitamins to malnourished kids around the world for every purchase that you make. So it's just a great company with high quality ingredients that work. Go to Prevenex.com, use the code ANOTHER for 15% off your first order. And when you support a sponsor of this podcast, you are also supporting this podcast and the work that I do and the people that work behind the show. So for that, I thank you. And you'll get really good products as well. So that's Prevenex.com. Use the code ANOTHER to get 15% off your order. All right, back to the show. Okay. I'm so curious though. What, like what's the hardest thing you've ever done? Oh, that's a good question. I know. And I was just thinking like how hard an Ironman is, but also like your time, um, at school and overseas and then like having babies and yeah. What would you say? I don't know. You put me on the spot. I, um, like physically, like physically, like just feeling. Yeah. Or me and emotionally. I don't know. I'm just, I mean, probably the, I, 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 I'm leaning towards the Ironman because that just like was 13 hours of just like, I felt good during the run was tough. So I think physically I would say the Ironman. Um, I don't know, like the deployments were always tough for me emotionally, just saying goodbye to my family um, and just like leaving the comfort of home and going to you know, a, a foreign place with a team of people and just kind of not knowing. So that probably was, was the hardest, uh, like emotionally for me to, to get through. So. Okay. So do you, I have a question about the social media thing. Do you miss it? There are times I do like maybe after like a really good run, I'm like, Oh, uh, like, like, <laughs> I want to share that. Um, but I still have, I'm still on Strava. So, you know, I like, will share something there. And occasionally I share it to my personal account. If it's like, like a real doozy of a workout, I'm like, oh, I'll put it there. But I mean, a big part of me, I'd say no, like I, I'm, and that's like the interesting thing. Cause I feel like, you know, me, like I'm naturally a private person. I'm you not, are. I'm not like, I'm not someone that shares a lot. Um, you know, I mean, I'm off Facebook, I'm off, Twitter, I'm off all most social media platforms. I feel like I kind of fell into, um, especially Instagram, just given that I like was looking for an outlet, I was looking for connections and like, I missed that being a stay at home mom. I didn't have like a lot of mom friends because the boys were so little. So it's not like there was a lot to bring me to other moms. And so I think like for me, social media was that connection. And then I kind of like fell into, you know, growing 
followers. But again, it wasn't, it was never like with the intention of like having a lot of followers. It was just so natural at the time to like share, you know, things at home, training, training for big events and failing. I mean, and I think that just caused my, the followers to naturally grow. Um, but it got to the point where like, I, yeah, I'd be like really uncomfortable in settings where people would recognize me. Like it's not, mm. I'm not not like my, like Paul jokes that I'm like very much an introvert in a lot of ways, but I'm like, but with my group of friends, I'm like very much an extrovert, but like, oh, I'm not someone that's like, you know, like it's not, it's not my environment. That, that is so interesting. Yeah. yeah. And I, you know, every time I post about you, somebody will message me or multiple people will message me and be like, oh, what happened to Michelle? Or like, I'm so glad you posted. I was worried about her. People care. I know. And it's interesting when I like, during COVID, when I stepped away, and I knew it would be for a lengthy period, um, someone had asked, I don't know if it was on our group chat, or someone was like, you know, are you gonna like, do a goodbye? And I was just oh, like, Oh, it was Ashley or me. Yeah, I was like, I don't know, like, it feels like not, I like, kind of awkward for me, you know, to like, make a big deal out of me. And like, like, I just, I'll just like, gradually like fade into the background like that's more my style like I'm good did you have people emailing you and like trying to contact you and being like hey I just wanted to check in yeah and like I responded to a few because I would still pop onto the account occasionally like not to post anything but I would see the messages and so I did try to respond to some and then I just stopped checking I think I got locked out of like logged out of my account and I never really logged back in what is it like being a so-called introvert though and having that like public presence? I know you don't have it anymore because it's yeah. it's no more, yeah. but like how did you handle that? Yeah, I think it was good. I think it taught me to to kind of come out of my shell a little bit more. It kind of forced me to because I didn't want to seem rude to people. You know, I mean people are so lovely and so nice and like um and I, it's not that I'm not capable, but it's just naturally like I'm not someone to do small talk. Like it's not really my my strong suit. Um, so I think it was good. I think I I grew as like a person, and it just got me to to just open up a bit more to basically. I don't want to say strangers. I don't want to seem heartless, but like at the end of the day, that's that's how most of the people were. I mean, they probably knew about me, but from my end, it felt like strangers knowing about my life. So, um, and that was a big part too, why I stepped away. I felt like as the boys were getting older, like I just was like hesitant as to like, what do I share, not share? And like, so it just, it felt like for a number of reasons, the right time to step away. Yeah. It's interesting because I, you know, I do the parent podcast for parents now and things like that. And it's like, yes, as your kids get older, you're like, how much do I share? And I found myself transitioning to like, if I have a particular like story about behavior that I'm trying to figure out, like I just talk about one of my kids instead of like saying a name. And yeah. sometimes it feels a little bit like, am I just like vomiting everywhere? Like, does everybody need to know all of these things? And at the same time, when I'm going through something hard, if I really share it, I do feel connection and community mm -hmm. and support when I share it. So there's kind of like this 
I know balance is such an overused word, but like balance of like, how much do I give? How much do I share? But I want to share enough that people really know me and I feel supported and hopefully they feel supported by what I'm sharing. Agree. Agree. And I felt like if I removed them completely, like that's a huge part of who I am. And so for me not to talk about them or share about them felt like, I don't know, like I wasn't sharing the biggest part of my life, you know, the biggest part of what makes me me in some sense. So, yeah. And I think everyone has different thresholds with what they're willing to share. And as long as you like define your left and right limit and like do what feels comfortable to you, I think, you know, I, I never feel like you're oversharing for what it's worth about the boys. Um, Okay. So we have to talk about your training now. Like what, cause we, I know you're not training for anything, but like the best experience happened in New York. Well, <laughs> well, best experience for me, at least. <laughs> I mean, it was miserable. Don't get me wrong. But y'all, I'm so lucky because Michelle lets me stay at her house <laughs> for the marathon weekend. I, and I stayed at your, her house in 2019. And then I remember this year. I texted you again and I was like, so like you had just moved. And I was like, so like, is it still on the table? Cause you didn't know if I was running yet or not. And yeah. you're like, yes, of course. And I was a little bit nervous cause I didn't want to like overimpose. But if it was an option, I was like, I 100% have to stay with Michelle. No, I, we were so excited to have, to have you and Glenn with us. I mean, I love having the the runner like anyone that's running that I know stay with us the night before it's so fun to be part of like the mar- their marathon story for that year yeah. you know and it's just so much easier than being in the city and having to commute down to the start line so like so spoiled you guys like you know <laughs> New York City marathon morning is crazy you have to like take a ferry out take whatever it is and we just like wake up at like six thirty and go over drive over at like 7 30 or 8 and it's so chill yeah boiled rotten um but I was certain that you were gonna like blow my doors off and run so fast like you had some like really fast training runs I mean some of your 20 milers were crazy um so this year we did not really even start together I was like see you later yeah. <laughs> in 2019, we, I think we ran like two miles together. We ran a couple of miles together. Yeah. 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 Um, and when I saw Ashley, our good friend at mile, like 24, whenever, wherever she was, maybe, maybe 22, I don't know. Um, she's like, Michelle is a couple blocks ahead of you. And she, I, I told her, I was like, I'm miserable. I'm dying. I hate this. And when she told me that it gave me hope. So I like tried to speed up a little bit to catch up with you because I thought like, let's be miserable together, (laughs) but I couldn't find you and you, but you did like that. We were together. What? Like the last 800 mile. Yeah. Last half mile. And when I saw you, I saw your little tiny body. I was like, that's Michelle. And I ran and I was like, and it gave me energy seeing you. Well, and I said to you, like, Lindsay, you looked good. Like, you did not look like you were struggling. You you were smiling. And I was just amazed. I was not doing so hot. But I mean, I was only smiling because I was almost done and because yeah. I found you. <laughs> like, those are the only I mean, I was miserable. I was in so much pain and I felt so terrible. But um, seeing you lifted my spirits and you said go on without me and I'm like for what reason 
happen? Why would I give up the opportunity to finish together? That was it was the best. And then we finished hand in hand with with Allie calling seeing us and calling us in. So it was it was a good finish to a pretty lousy, lousy 26 miles. I think I would and the funny thing is is I think I was like blowing Allie kisses or something. And like I didn't feel like my body didn't feel like a blowing kisses kind of mood. I'll tell you that, but I just doing it anyway. Um, but yeah, I think that that's probably the only marathon we finished together. We finished very close though in 2019, like, like close enough that we should have ran the whole thing together. Yeah. Like seconds apart from each other. And I don't Uh, think either of us felt awful that year. No, no, I don't think I even like, I think I ran the whole I mean, that's, it's sad that that's like my like gauge as to whether it was a, a good or bad race. But yeah, I think I ran the whole race. I just slowed down towards the end. It wasn't the time that I wanted, but like you, I mean, it was a year, shortly, a year, just over a year after Sandy for you and about a year for Eddie for me. So I was, I was like, this is great. Oh, that's right. I can't believe they were so young. Oh yeah. So little. You know, okay, so your marathon PR is on that course. Yes. 306, right? 30701. Oh, so I'm like, like two seconds. Like I'm basically I'm basically 306. That's so <laughs> annoying. That is so, so annoying when you're just like right there. Um, what do you think about it? Like, I really struggle with this. Like, do you uh, New York City? No, just like about your marathon PR, like. Do you want, are you okay with that? Just oh. staying? Um, if that's the fastest I run, I'm fine with it. Do I feel in my heart that I have a faster time? Yes. Like I do. Um, I just don't know if that ship has sailed. Like, like I really don't, don't want to deal with it. Yeah. Cause I think there's, I think I could run sub three, yes. but I don't know if I am ready to commit to everything I need to do to get there because it it's not just training there's so much more that I know would have to go in and I'd have to increase my mileage a bit like maybe do some double like I don't know I don't know and like there's there's always a part of me that's like just go all in for a year it's a year like do it see what comes of it but then there's a part of me that's like well what if like it's a lousy race. And like, I don't get it. Then am I going to say, Oh, one more race, like one more. It's a big, I mean, you know, it's a huge commitment to, for my family, for me to train for marathon. So like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I will say like, I feel the time that I ran on that course before, and I know Glenn feels differently, but, but like before the really fast shoes, like, I'm like, if, if like, if I had run a flatter course with the right shoes, I think like take the fitness I was in then, it probably would have been close to 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 that time. Um, and so in my heart, I'm actually happy with that time. And I'm I'm I kind of love that my PR is on like a really tough course and like I earned that time. Real shoes. Yeah, like I like that time is like every I felt every step of that that race. So um, but it'd be really cool to have to have a sub three as like your marathon PR, but I don't know. I'm like right now I'm just, 
running what feels manageable on a weekly basis. And so for long runs, like that's like 14 occasionally oh. pop up. Like I'm doing some decent long runs. I'm doing some workouts. Um, mostly taking a day off. Like I'm just maintaining what feels like I'm progressing, but not stressing my body too much, if that makes sense. And I'm not training for anything, but I just, I love training. Like I love just like having a plan and having workouts every week. Like that's just what I love the most. So that's where I'm at at the moment. No race in sight. Yeah. And just being fit feels good. Yeah. Like, and I, I find that it helps me drink more water, eat healthier. I still have wine every night, but that's, that's, <laughs> that's separate. Um, <laughs> but it, yeah, it does. It makes, I sleep better. It's just like everything feels more complete when I am like training well, but not training to exhaustion of like yeah. marathon training. Like I haven't, for me, like 16, like two hours is like the, the mark and anything really over that, then I have to like worry about fueling and like bringing it with me and water and like, then I'm exhausted for the rest of the day. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not there yet. Yeah. It's, it's been crazy to see what the long run does to me now versus what it did to me eight years ago. Like if I do a long run and I do any sort of speed in it, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm done. Like yeah. count me out for the rest of the day. And I don't, that's part of the reason I don't want to go all in either. Like, I don't want to be done for the rest of the day. Like yeah. I want to do things and have energy for things and I can rally, but like marathon exhaustion is a real thing. It no, it is. It is. So we'll see. I will say just to be transparent, cause I don't want to like, I did sign up for CIM. For oh, you did. I signed up, but I feel oh, like I, I could, should do if that I need with you. Her, I will, and I won't go unless I'm in shape. Okay. For a, yeah, like travel across the country and yeah. not going to leave the kids and like to go run a to go jog. Like I won't do that. I'll yes. just do it. So um, I signed up after New York because I was like, you know what? Like I loved training. Um, so we'll see. But I I never had any intention of a spring marathon. It's just too much. And I don't love training through the winter. I am like a tread. I'll hop on that treadmill. If it's, especially in the early morning, like if it's like super windy, I'm like, thank you. I will be on that treadmill all morning. I don't mind it. Do you yeah. mind it? No, I love it. But there's a yeah. part of me like, oh, I should be on the roads, like the roads. But then I'm like, who cares? Like, I don't care. Like, I'm just gonna, I want to enjoy the run and I will enjoy it most at the moment on the treadmill. Hey friends, a quick break here to thank Koala Clip for supporting this episode of the podcast. If you are not already running with a Koala Clip, what are you doing? It is the easiest way to take your phone with you on the go. I have three and I often give them as gifts for Christmas or birthday presents. They're super simple, easy, inexpensive gifts to give and they just clip to the back of your Razorback sports bra. I oftentimes put my ID and a couple dollars in there as well as, as my car key if I'm driving somewhere to go run. Super easy to access. I've gotten really used to it and they are uh, sweat-free, water resistant. So if you are sweating like a maniac or you are getting wet from the elements outside, you don't have to worry about your phone staying dry because it will. Uh, trust me, I've used the Koala Clip for many years and many different uh, circumstances with the weather. They also have really cute apparel now as well. 
I love this sweatshirt that just says runner on it and it is a super soft material. Um, they have really simple styles as well. Last year I got my sister the Grit, Grace and Gratitude sweatshirt, only $31. Go to koalaclip.com, use the code ANOTHER for 10% off your order at Koala Clip. That's koalaclip.com for 10% off your order at Koala Clip. All right, friends, back to the show. What do you do on the treadmill? Do you, I forget, do you watch shows? I Yeah, but I like will be, so I'm third time watching Downton Abbey because it's like mindless pleasure for me. Um, I can't read like you. I don't know. I, how, know. I don't know. I like, I can't. It's my saving um, grace for the treadmill. Yeah. Or like if I'm doing like a hard workout, I'll just blast the music. Yeah. We, yeah. We set up everything in the garage. So like I'll blast it and just like have a good Dude. time listening to music. I love a garage gym, like a garage treadmill. That is my jam. It's like, yeah. I can't I actually can't imagine running on my treadmill inside my home. Like for some reason, I feel like I would feel like too boxed in or something or like yeah. too, too inside. We used to have it down the basement and it it did. It felt, and it would feel warm. And like, uh-huh. I, I love being cold out there. I mean, our garage is like freezing in the mornings, but it's, it's like, I'll start with layers and then the layers just come off. And you feel more outside too. I do. I mean, you really do. Yeah. Like at least I'm getting some fresh air. You know, everybody always tells me like, I can't believe you can read on the treadmill like that. I put the font really big and I just read like three lines. I, I like read really slow. But to me, I don't feel like I could focus on a show. Oh, really? I even, well, I will say in my, I do read the captions. Okay. So I guess I am reading, but it feels different. Maybe the looking down feels. Yeah me I mean I put the font very big like it's and it and it usually needs to be like a very mindless like I'm just involved in the story like some Diane Chamberlain book or something you know it can't be anything like deep um you brought up the shoes and Glenn which is funny because like people listening might not know how much of a snob he is about this but we talked about it quite a bit at your house No, no we did we did I felt like you were kind of on. The, so for, for those listening, Glenn like hates super shoes. He's like, it's cheating, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, there's every argument in the book. And obviously, if you're a pro, like you have to wear super shoes because you mm-hmm. have to be on an even playing field with your competitors. Um, but he's like, to me, he's always like, if you ever try to go sub three, you better not wear those shoes. Oh, <laughs> And he's like half joking, but like yeah. also like, you know. I don't disagree with him. I mean, especially when the shoes first came out, I was like eye rolling, like, you know, but then I'm like, I don't know, like, give me any advantage now. (laughs) My age is not getting younger. You know, I'm not getting younger. Just so give me the shoes. I I mean, I think I would try. I I would, I would try them if I was, because like, I've never put a pair on. I tried to put yours on, but they, I couldn't stuff my foot into them. Yeah. My I don't own. even have big feet though. What size were those? I think they were a seven. I wear a six, six and a half in women's. Okay. I mean, it's, it's, they're, they're, they're a change. Like they're, they're, you have to get used to them. Cause like, it feels like you're running on like foam. I mean, that's what you are, but you feel like so elevated on them. I can't imagine. Yeah. And it, you know, at the New York city marathon, I, I ran a three, we ran like three thirty seven. Yeah. I was well, in a sea of yeah. super shoes. I was like, I wasn't the anomaly wearing my 
regular hokas, you know, like every single person I'm looking around climbing the, the what's Queensboro bridge when it's like so quiet and all you're doing is kind of like looking at people's feet. And it's like, I'd say like one in every 20 shoes were normal shoes, you know? So like everybody's wearing them. I don't know. I don't know. I'm also kind of afraid they would injure me. Mm. Yeah. I mean, given your history, but maybe there's like a middle shoe, like you don't have to go all in with like the really big one, but like they do have like some training ones that aren't as like foamy maybe. So maybe there's like a middle ground to like ease in. I don't know. Um, Okay. Lastly, while we wrap up, tell everybody what you do for work. I am a vice president at Goldman Sachs now. So I don't know. I, I was at JP moved over to Goldman last year. Um, It was an adjustment, but it's great. I absolutely love the company. Um, I'm in global markets and more on the engineering side, like the management and strategy. Really exciting job in New York. Um, Have a great team, like super exciting. So yeah, it's going great. That part of your life, I can't even like fathom. Like you getting on your bus, riding into the city, it's almost seems like a movie to me. <laughs> um, I, I, well, what's funny is I feel like once I get on the bus, it's like, that's like the switch for me where like, cause the mornings are crazy, like running, showering, doing stuff with the boys, like, and I'm out the door by six 30 most mornings. Crazy. Um, but it's like the moment I sit on the bus, it's like calm because like I'm on the bus now, like there's nothing like to stress about and I'm on my way into work. So like, that's like the switch in my mind of like, okay, like work time. Um, That's not to say I don't work when I come home, but like the bus is usually that, like that switch. Do you read on the bus? Um, Sometimes I find, usually I just like to shut my brain off um, or I'll like order groceries or like do things that I don't do at night because I go to bed on the earlier side. So like anything like related to like, admin stuff for the boys, ordering this, getting this, scheduling this. Like I try to do that and utilize the bus for that. And then on the way home, I usually just close my eyes and just like chill for like, you know, the 45 minutes or an hour before, before coming home to the boys. Dinner. Yeah. Um, Can we just tip our hats to Paul and Glenn really? Because we talked about this a lot when I was at your house, like how hands-on our husbands are and yes it's 2023 but like these men are amazing no i and i know glenn is too like it is it's just nice like it's it's a true like partnership like we split relatively speaking i mean i don't typically bring out the garbage like not not (laughs) i don't either (laughs) Um, i just don't think to Yeah, I mean, but like, I mean, down to like doing the laundry, folding the laundry, like breakfast, getting the kids ready for school. It's like we have to because, you know, we both work and like it's just based on who is the parent that's on the hook at that moment to get that done. So but he he's he's so great at it. And like he's always been so involved. And so it's it it makes it it makes it feasible for me to, you know, be in the office early, like, and like focus on my career where I need to, um, you know, and then he will get the time when the boys are at the school to focus on his career. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's great. I can't imagine like trying to manage this without having an even split of responsibilities. 
Did you ever feel like when you hadn't gone back to work yet and you were starting to think about it, like that feel that part of like what could be my life feels so foreign to me? And like, will I ever get back into that system? Foreign and like questioning how we were going to make it work and, you know, just being concerned. I mean, I think that's why I dra- I did. I dragged my feet for a bit with going back. I just was like nervous to just jump back in. But yeah, once I did, it was, I mean, it was an upward curve for me going back to work, but yeah, but it's, it's rewarding and it's enjoyable for the most part. I don't want to make it seem like every day is a great day, but um, yeah. Can you just tell everybody about the gym at Goldman Sachs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so in my, in my building, there is a gym. Um, there's clothing available for you. That's the funniest <laughs> part to me. You could even rent, you could even borrow shoes. Although like that's, but yes, you have, I mean, like everything down to like sports bra, socks. Like the idea is that you really just need your sneakers and toiletries in a locker. And at any point, if you wanted to just pop down and go exercise and then shower and head back to, you know, to the desk, you're not dealing then with like the logistics of clothes and sweaty clothes and this and that. It's like everything is prepared in there for you. So so amazing. There's two things. It's like, well, Glenn's like, that, that's because they want it to be as easy as possible for you to be there as much as possible. <laughs> that's, but, that's, what, that's what everyone says. <laughs> but also, I think it's like, oh my gosh, it's so good for you to like take a 30 minute like sweat break, no matter where you are. And you're going to, everybody knows you're more efficient and focused once yeah. you've like cleared yeah. your brain in that way. So like, that's genius too. It is. I have had, so I have a membership. Um, I've had a bag of clothes in my desk because I was like, oh, I'm not going to wear, I have yet to work out once in the gym. Oh, like, really? Like I just, but my team, people on my, like, I very much am like, go please. Like, and like, they've picked up going to the gym, which I love Um, just to, you know, I want everyone to have a healthy, um, a healthy lifestyle. So if they want to go, we make the time for them. I just, I just haven't found the time yet in the afternoon. Well, you go at five in the morning. That's why before. Yeah. Well, there were times I'm like, oh, maybe I'll lift. Like I'll focus more on. And then I'm just like, it's fine. Too busy. That's, that's the other thing you ha- you're going to have to add in if you ever go for that step three, like hardcore. Yeah. Goldman Sachs will make that easy for you, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> clothes. If you did use the gym, would you wear the clothes or would you bring your own? I would bring my own, I think. Yeah. They actually remind me of like army PT uniforms because they're like gray and like cotton. Uh, Uh Maybe it's just like just too close to what I used to wear for years. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, I hope that everybody has enjoyed this little catch up. It's been so fun for me. It's kind of weird to like interview your friend, especially at this point, because you know, I used to do interviews like this all the time with more so friends than like pro runners. And now I've kind of like transitioned a little more. So uh, this is fun and delightful and different for me as well. It's like, you know, the answers before you even ask the question. (laughs) Well, yeah. And also, I, I also feel like I have this like secret in that, like, I really, truly know you, you know what I mean? And, you know, we're like exposing you, like we're exposing who you are a little bit in this conversation, but like, I know what it's like to like be at your house snuggled up under a blanket and like, (laughs) just like have conversation in the evening. You know what I mean? 
with the boys cuddled up with you and Glenn. Yeah. Just, yes. Oh my gosh. I love Eddie. So that's what I'm most dying for is to get our boys together. Have um, AJ like school marshal and soccer and like oh, show him yeah. the ropes and like, I mean, cause just so you guys know, like Michelle's son is like legit soccer player. I mean, plays at basically the highest level you could play at, at his age. Right. I think in the U S yes. He, I mean, yeah. crazy. Yeah. He plays for, um, for one of the professional academies up in the Northeast. So yeah. Talk about a commitment there. That's a podcast for why is everyone yelling? <laughs> oh. Like the decision to go all in like that. Um, but yeah, anyway. All right, friends. Well, Michelle, do you have anything you want to like leave everybody off with? Just, you know, thank you for having me. I so appreciate everyone that had followed me through the years and supported me and just through the ups and downs. And um, I do miss that interaction, but I hope everyone just, you know, understands why I felt like it was time to close that chapter. But I am on social media. If you really look. <laughs> oh, are we up- plugging it? Are we plugging it? <laughs> <laughs> You'll find how, what about when people um tag you like if oh, mary I'm yeah i'm fine i'm like okay you know, it's um but you have a private profile so you have to approve people probably right i think it's private i'm not even 100 percent sure i don't I know if it is either because i follow you so i don't know if it's private um okay well she's around she's alive <laughs> she's living a full life with her sweet three boys and her fancy job and her awesome husband. (laughs) Thanks, Michelle. Thanks for having me, Lindsay. I'll chat with you soon. All right, friends. Thanks for being here today. I hope you enjoyed that catch up with Michelle. A big thank you to our sponsors, Lagoon Sleep, Prevenex, and Koala Clip for supporting this podcast. This show is part of the Sandy Boy Productions Podcast Network. You can learn more about all the shows in our network when you go to sandyboyproductions.com. I would love to connect with you. Uh, Send me an email anytime, lindsay at sandyboyproductions.com. You can find me on Instagram, lindsayhine626, and Twitter at lindsayhine. And we have a Facebook group as well. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine. Thank you for being here, and we will see you next week. Actually, two times because we're still running the coaching series. Um, So we'll see you next week on I'll Have Another. Have a great rest of your day.